From a text about an hour ago, I mean a tweet, about an hour ago from the President of the United States. Our great American companies are hereby ordered to immediately start looking for an alternative to China. China! Um, checking the Constitution. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. It's an interesting thing to say. Well, hey, Man, congratulations. Crazy stuff. Congratulations, MSNBC. You now have your topic for the day. Well, hell, so. Fox News and everybody. I mean, that's that's a humdinger. And the idea that we'll just no longer trade with China. We'll go our separate ways. Well, and that's fine. Goodbye. Why it doesn't mean anything to me is similar to payroll taxes earlier in the week. In 24 hours, he will have forgotten about it. He once, dis- he once announced a boycott of Apple. That's when he was running right. for president. Yeah. He announced uh, everybody should boycott Apple. Yes. And he never said it again. Right. I mean, that's a, the biggest company in the world, the most important company in the United States. We should boycott them. Yeah. And yeah. then he never mentioned it again. So, yeah. but Boy, so, if this isn't a beautiful summary of the Trump experience for a lot of us, uh, the going to bat against China is way overdue. It's righteous. It's smart. It's great. China is asshole. <laughs> That's right, sir. China's what? Play it again. China is asshole. <laughs> he's he's dropping an AH bomb on China. Oh, okay. it's a it's a Hong Kong protester. But <laughs> as as fabulous and great and righteous as this, uh, finally getting in China's face on their utterly uh, indefensible uh, crooked trade practices and theft of intellectual property, the rest of it, to say, I hereby order American companies to look for alternatives to China. I mean, that's just, that's a crazy thing to say. And this might be the biggest part of all And we'll all uh, be okay. This might be the biggest part of his tweets and why the market uh, took a pretty big tumble right when he uh, tweeted, I will be responding to China's tariffs this afternoon. Yeah, because they upped the ante. And what's that going to be? We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll it, see. It might just be an angry tweet. The response, who knows what it'll be. I'll or bet he says something. Round of terror. Yeah, I'll bet he says, I'm going to increase it to 15% on blank. And then, you know, whether that's true or not, we don't know. But, but it's all negotiating. Yeah, yeah. You know, the... Uh, you the- ever pretend to walk away from a, a car or something like that? And, and then, Well, no, wait a second. Right. I mean, that's sure. the way it works sometimes. Or they don't go for it, and you go back the next day. Um, right. Yeah, and, and there aren't that many benefits to, to getting older. But one of them is you see these various... Uh, is how often you pee. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not really a benefit, is it? In what sense would that be? Um, is, you know, you live through a certain number of these things that, that you're supposed to be just whipped up into a frenzy about, and you think, yeah, it'll work itself out more or less. You know, I got plans uh, for dinner tonight with my beautiful bride. It's date night. We're going to do something kind of nice for dinner. We've both been busy. haven't seen each other uh, uh, enough this week. And, man, that's my headline. It's going to be fine. Yeah, if we get into some sort of disastrous world economic turndown, uh, that's going to be a drag. And that's going to be a challenge. But I don't think it's that likely. There's a lot of crazy posturing going on. But, honestly... Both countries, uh, both us and the dirty communist Chinese, we might not need each other, but we're a hell of a lot better off with each other. And everybody's aware of that. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe have I turned emotionally flat in my middle age or what? I just, I refuse to get whipped up into a frenzy over this stuff. It's damned interesting. I'd feel better if the Danes gave us Greenland, but... All yes. that said, yes, gave us back Greenland. It is time to take a fond look back at the week that was. Ah, right. Yeah, it's cow clips of the week. Uh, 
BDS is a bullshit purity test by people who want to appear woke but actually slept through history class. But I just want to tell you what happens when I get to work. I have to clean up the poop and the pee off of my doorstep. I have to clean up the syringes. L.A., San Diego, Sacramento, San Francisco all face a surge in homeless. Last year, San Francisco received 27,000 requests to pick up human waste. But liberals have become utterly, pathetically illiberal. And it's a massive problem. What's the point of calling yourself a liberal if you don't allow anyone else to have a different view? They'll keep it short and sweet. Family, religion, friendship. These are the three demons you must slay if you wish to succeed in business. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in, in the 70s. Uh, Hey, thank you, everybody. I'm so happy with you, and I, I apologize. I couldn't be there in person. I had a canceled flight and could not get to you. Like anyone who's being honest with themselves, I know that I have made mistakes. I am sorry for harm I have caused. This is the Portland Police. There are no permits to march in the streets. Because it had to be done. And the smart people say, thank you very much. And the dumb people have no idea. And then you have the political people, and they go with the wind. Hey, Sean, how's the Conor McGregor apology? He's the UFC fighter that sucker punched an old man in a bar the other night. Uh, insufficient would be my summary of it. You want to um, hear it? It's only 28 seconds yeah. long. Hit me, and not, not in the <laughs> face, Connor. In reality, it doesn't matter what happened there. I was in the wrong. That man, that man deserved to enjoy his time in the pub without having, having it to end the way it did. And, and although five months ago it was, and I tried to make amends, and I made amends back then, it's still, the fans don't even, that does not even matter. I, I was in the wrong. Um, I must come here before you and, and take accountability and take responsibility. And That's a pretty good apology. Doesn't matter. I'll never see him the same way. I would never uh -huh. spend a cent that will go into his pocket. Yeah. Bars are pouring out his whiskey all over the world. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a little of the Mike Tyson story in that it turns out guys who are really, really good at violence often turn out to be really not nice people at all. They're either uh, abused and express their, their deep-held anger through violence themselves or or whatever. They're they're fairly ugly people. A lot of us couldn't beat somebody until they pass out. We wouldn't we don't have it in us. Right. The yeah. people that do have it in them are are uh, wired a little differently. Yeah, and to often, a large extent. Often often the time. Not always. Not but, universally. No. I'm thinking of Uriah Faber who's just a terrific guy in Real every way. Omar and, Muhammad Ali. He right. could beat somebody in his submission, but uh, he wasn't the, he wasn't going to sucker punch an old man in a bar, I guarantee you that. No. No indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, listen. Or George Foreman, he'd sell him a fine grill where the grease runs off your burgers. It so, does. The only thing I'll knock out is the fat. That's what George Foreman would say. <laughs> yes. Now there's a role model. So, hey, listen, have you heard of these ransomware attacks where uh, hackers, um, they, they hold uh, towns or hospitals or, or whatever, ransom and say, you got to pay us or your computers are, are done. Um, and it's, it's sweeping across Texas, actually, right now, but America. We have an expert on these ransomware attacks uh, to talk to next, uh, 
to talk about the ins and outs of it, how it can be prevented, and, and if it's coming to a town near you, and if it does, what happens? So stay with us, Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This donut I'm eating right here. Oh, Having my first donut since my donut explosion a couple of weeks ago, in which I ate five donuts in the morning, not another morsel the rest of the day, and lost weight. It's the new oh. Jack Armstrong donut diet. I've got videos. I've got books. I will come speak at your town. So offend your body you can't eat anymore. And lose it's, weight. It's innovative. Yeah. So, listen, have you heard about the recent uh, wave of ransomware attacks in some small towns in Texas? It was hospitals a while ago, um, and it's coming to a business or town near you. Uh, well, we've invited on Alan Lisko, a threat intelligence analyst, um, to talk about um, uh, ransomware attacks and how they work and the rest of it. Alan works at Recorded Future. Alan, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? Terrific. Hey, for folks who are not hip to what's going on, can you just explain how a ransomware attack unfolds? Say we're, we're both working at the city of uh, Pleasantville, Texas. What happens? So there are a couple of different ways that it generally works. Uh, the most common way that we see is you click an email. Uh, you know, it'll look something like a, uh, you have an overdue invoice, click on this invoice, or you have a package coming, click on the, the, uh, this link to find out when it's arriving. And it turns out instead of being, uh, you know, an invoice, it's actually malware. It installs the ransomware on your system and then it jumps from your system to the rest of the network that you're attached to. So if it was just your system, it'd be fairly easy. They delete your computer and give you a new one. But when it when these ransomware attacks hit hundreds of systems in the same organization, then it becomes a crisis. And then what does what does it look like at that point? Does your computer go blank? Do you get a, uh, an email or a, how do how do you get the word that you've been compromised yeah. and you owe somebody money? So your operating system itself isn't affected. Instead, what it does is it encrypts all of the relevant files on your system, so your images, your, your, uh, uh, any Word documents or PowerPoint documents or spreadsheets, uh, if you've got databases on your system, they all get encrypted, and then it pops up with a message saying, uh, you've been hit by whatever the ransomware is. Uh, if you want to get your files back, send me Bitcoin. Um, and they often have a little portal that you go to, uh, you give them your their your Bitcoin, and then they give you a key so you can unencrypt your files. Well, and from my uh, reading about this, the the guys who do this are pretty good in that they make the ransom amount uh, significant, but less than you'd probably spend on rebuilding everything. Right. So generally speaking, you're talking uh, you know so ransoms in general have gone up. Uh, a few years ago, I mean, just like anything else, you have inflation. They have to keep up with their costs. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, they, they might a, have a kids in college ago. or something. You don't know. <laughs> right. College is expensive, um, <laughs> even in Estonia. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. And then, that's okay. Um, so a couple years ago, they generally were asking for a few thousand dollars, but now the ransoms tend to be in the six figures. Um, so wow. somewhere between a hundred thousand and three hundred thousand dollars is hey, uh, generally what they're asking. Just real quick, can we go back to the original email you shouldn't have clicked on? Uh, are the good ones able to like mimic? I don't know. I might get an email from Jack saying, "Hey, you got to see this story." Are they that good? Yes. So um, if if it's a targeted ransomware attack, so if they're specifically coming after you, that's exactly the kind of tactic that they'll use. We've seen that. We also have seen uh, you'll get an email from like the C that looks like it's coming from the CEO of iHeartRadio. Hey, I need you to do this for me immediately. Um, and, and of course, if you're getting an email from the CEO, uh, you're you're. Your, your first impulse is, yes, I better do this right away without necessarily thinking, wait, why is he sending me an email from a, a Gmail account or a, a, a .ru uh, email address type thing? So uh, do you have any idea how many places this has happened around the country and what the uh, how, many, how many towns, counties, whatever, are paying the ransom versus saying, screw you, I'm not paying it, we'll start over? Right. So when we did our research, uh, we, we found, um, and, and we don't know, we don't think this is all of them. In fact, we know it's not all of them because a lot of them aren't publicly reported. But since 2013, we found 214 publicly reported attacks against state and local governments. What I don't know if that's 10% or 50% of the total number. Well, of that's attacks, already still... a lot more than I think most people would have guessed that this has happened across the country. Wow. Right. And I can understand why people keep it quiet because you don't want to encourage it. Right. Exactly. So one of the things that we've seen in our research, first to answer your previous question, state and local governments are actually better than most organizations at paying the ransom, at not paying the ransom, I should say. So we found report, you know, based on public reporting, we found about 17% of state and local governments pay the ransom versus about 45% of overall ransomware victims. So they're actually significantly less likely. Hmm. And we think that's because it's much harder to pay the ransom when you're paying it with taxpayer money. So like if you're a bank or you're a hospital that gets hit, that's your money that you're paying with. It's much harder to go to taxpayers and say, hey, we just gave $100,000 to some guys in Russia um, uh, to get our files back. That, that's a much more difficult uh, uh, conversation to have. Alan Liska has a company called Recorded Future. He's written a couple of books on uh, network security and that sort of thing that are more and more important these days. Hey, real quick, uh, if, if my town gets hit with ransomware, and I don't know, say there's like three weeks a month that they're trying to figure out what to do or whatever. How does that affect uh, taxpayers and citizens? What sort of things uh, get messed up? Well, so, and, and that's been a real problem. And that's one of the reasons why attackers are starting to focus in on cities and towns, because it it becomes a big deal in the press when this happens because constituent services are interrupted. So you can't pay your water bill, for example, because all of that's digitized. Uh, you can't buy a house because they can't do title transfers. Uh, if you have a court case pending, you may not be able to go to that because court dockets get encrypted. Uh, when Atlanta was hit last year, uh, Hartfield Jackson had to shut down their Wi-Fi for a couple of hours because they were afraid the uh, ransomware that was spreading was going to jump from the city to their Wi-Fi network and then potentially to people in the airport. Wow. 
Yikes. Wow. Uh, Alan Liska is a threat intelligence analyst. His company has recorded future. Um, if you need this sort of help, uh, we'll have a link, Alan, so that folks can find you and recorded future really uh, easily. But great stuff. Enjoyed the the chat. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, man, that is, oh, that's got to be a bad feeling. Hey, your files are encrypted. Send us $100,000. I think I'm anti-paying these people, but there was, I think it was in Pennsylvania, there was a city that instead of paying the $70,000, they spent several million dollars. Right, and Alan was talking about going to the taxpayers for that 70000 Well, how do you go to them for the several million? Well, you don't. It just gets built into the money they regularly spend. Ah, uh, I yeah. think. Because yeah. taxpayers are generally, I hate to say stupid, but we well, don't we don't pay enough attention. Yeah, fair enough. To the way our money is spent. Back to paper, man. Index cards, file cabinets. They were able to do it before. Carbon More copies. copies. Carbon <laughs> copies, exactly. <laughs> Mimeograph machines. By the, the telegraph. By the way, Sean, I, and for anybody who remembers this conversation an hour ago, somebody texted, I'd rather be punched in, in the face than have the fat taken out of my burger. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, that's it. Harkening back. Marshall's got his news coming up in a bit, and we'll just have a jolly good time. Trump is doing a lot of tweeting. It's actually oh, changing the markets. And oh, boy. Xi's probably pacing around his palace wondering, what do I do with this? Make him stop. Strong and Getty. So Trump is tweeting. The market is reacting. I assume that to President Xi of China, I shouldn't fall into the calling people president who aren't really elected. Right, that, that's He's a, a dictator. That's a game they play. Right, acting like they were elected. And King? Them. How about King Xi? King, dictator, whatever, but yeah, certainly not a democracy. Anyway, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, you're absolutely right. Events of the day require a special edition of Positive Sean's one-word market report. The market is desolatory. Whoa. The market is desolatory. What the heck? Stop desolatory. Dow down more than 400 well, Lacking points. a plan or enthusiasm. Ah, yes. Oh. Lacking I should a know plan. That one. Jeez, I should have that tattooed on my head. Right. Desolatory. <laughs> <laughs> Stocks dropping sharply after President Trump ordered U.S. companies to look for alternatives to their operations in China. The president further tweeting, we don't need China and frankly would be far better off without them. Well, I'm a loyal American, so I am obeying the president's orders. I'm now going to have Thai food. I'm going to play regular checkers. Um, well, Let's see, what else do I do that's China-oriented? I'm going to eat on plastic dishes? Only American fire drills from now on. Yes! Along with the tweets about China, the president also went after the Federal Reserve Board, calling them weak after Chairman Jerome Powell said the global economic outlook has been deteriorating. Trump tweeting his only question is, quote, who is our bigger enemy, Jay Powell or Chairman Xi? That's a little over the top. That was a heck of a thing to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, wow. Do you think I could get a viral video going based on the theme you're just going, we're going to go anti-China? I order some Chinese takeout, and I'm, I pour out the sweet and sour pork on the ground in the little styrofoam container. I'm wearing a MAGA hat, of course. Yes. And I stomp around on it with the American flag in my hand. Yes. I think that video... Have you seen Donald Trump? Do you think he should... I think that video would go viral. America! On yet another... Semi-monumental note, it is time for 
another Armstrong and Getty 2020 presidential campaign death pool update. Democratic Representative Seth Moulton ending his 2020 presidential campaign, issuing a he warning. Already? Yeah. Issuing a warning to the New York Times saying it may be harder to defeat President Trump if the Democratic Party were, quote, to embrace an overly liberal platform. Maybe harder. Moulton adding he believes this is now a three-way race between former Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and Senator Bernie Sanders. Well, Bernie and Liz are two sides of the same coin, and only one of them can prevail. Although, you know... The, the the communists might fight it out till the end. Here's, here's one an finally wins. Here's an interesting thing. I believe that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, but I think Elizabeth's going to beat him out. I think Elizabeth Warren has got policies that there's no way you get half of America on board with. Not even close. Now, normally you would say, well, the candidates, you know, you run to the to the right or left, depending on which party you are, and then you moderate in the general election. I don't think she's going to moderate at all. This is what she's been talking about her whole life. I think she's a true believer. Yeah, she she this is the stuff she believes in and just so she'll she'll run on this. She might soft pedal it some, but it'd be too easy to just point out what she's been saying for decades. Now back to Seth Moulton getting out. Here is my tip for you. Do the window sticker, because I cannot get this Seth Moulton bumper sticker off my car without really scratching it up. Was it the I'm Moulton for Moulton one? Yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know how disappointed you must be. Well, Moulton's point about overly liberal policies reinforced today by a new Kaiser Health poll that indicates Democratic presidential candidates who staked out the boldest positions on health care in the campaign may have a problem. Really? It seems, according to the poll, most voters are a lot more cautious and how they want to see health care changed. Medicare for all, it remains hugely popular. But in a recent poll that the group did, majorities of Democratic liberals and moderates said they would prefer to build on Obamacare to expand coverage and not go immediately to Medicare for all. And that's a majority of liberals and moderates. Correct. As opposed to moderate and conservative Democrats? Correct. Because there, there are some of those. They're, sure. they're union people, generally. In the Kaiser poll, 55% said they'd prefer the approach to just expand on Obamacare compared to about 38% who said they'd favor launching a whole new government program to replace America's mix of private and public I insurance. S- I want to see Elizabeth Warren or somebody like her stand on a stage when the whole country's watching, just her and Trump, and she says out loud... Free health care for illegal immigrants in front of 80 million people watching a debate. I want to see how that goes over. Because oh, yeah. it is not going to be popular. I think we're going to get that. It'll, it'll probably be a stage Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. Because I just, I don't think she beats Biden. Unless Biden just, you know, like, wanders off and isn't seen for several <laughs> days. Starts sniffing some girl's hair. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, it turns out to be really really compromised by his age in a way that's just unspinnable. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've been wrong before. I, I maybe just be completely misreading everything, but I still think Joe Biden stands no chance. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're an anti-oldest. You're an ageist. He's got right. double the numbers currently that, you know, we're way, way early. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't mean that it's going to hold up, but he, uh, he needs to be able to, you know, make the argument, look, what you're proposing is going to cost $16 trillion. But I don't know if he can make that argument on stage. Right, right. 
Well, she has already bounced back. Former White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders has signed on with Fox News, with the network <laughs> saying she will provide political commentary and analysis Shocking. across all of their properties. Uh, on the one hand, oh, that's right, she left. And on the other <laughs> hand, of course she did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so signed on to Fox News. So good story. And then <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. On, yeah. a, on a similar note, uh, former ex-FBI official, or former ex is redundant, ex-FBI official yeah. Andrew McCabe, uh, I believe joining CNN as some sort of contributor. And, that's uh, about right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, wow. it, it's interesting to see yeah. the sides poke fun at that, but not yet, right? right. Like, they, they're yeah, both yeah, the so, same yeah, thing. So, well, they're not. Because Sarah Huckabee Sanders is supposed to be a partisan. She was speaking for yes. the president advocating positions. Right, yes. right, right, right. The FBI director is not supposed to be a partisan and, of course, ends up on CNN. You know, <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell has now gone completely cuckoo birds, as we were discussing earlier today. Stop the hammer! Who's got a hammer? <laughs> um, <laughs> Where's that hammering come oh, from? Those are funny clips. So he's, uh, yeah, wear me out with those, Michael. Find out where this is going on. It's either there or there. I or out there it. somewhere. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, get rid of crazy old Lawrence McDonald Donald, and uh, Strzok and Page in, at night. Ooh. Have them on. I, they oh. can mend their, I mean, they're oh. ex-lovers, so that'd be a little uncomfortable. But <laughs> Stop the hammering! Look, if Sonny and Cher could get back together, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Strzok right. and Page could do an MSNBC show. Uh, an update for listeners, yeah. I now feel completely sick from eating this donut. That's a big donut. Back man. to you. That was that was more than a donut. If it made you think, I kind of want a donut now. I feel like I'm gonna vomit. Oh boy! So now you don't have to worry about it. All right, my friends, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It's like when uh, with, with the with drinking, which I haven't wa- I haven't wanted to drink now in. 12 and a half years. Um, but uh, in the early going, if I was around drinking, like at the very beginning, that first drink, I'd think, oh, man, that looks good. When everybody starts getting drunk, no appeal whatsoever. Mm. It's kind of similar <laughs> with the donut. The very mm. beginning, it looks really good. And then once somebody's talking about how sick they feel, eh, not quite into it now. Well, as a guy who's now 12 hours sober, I... Uh... <laughs> I'm not really interested in your input. Uh, you got to love the fact that the hangover is immediate with a donut, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's the weird thing. And yeah, yet we keep going back. You get a whole day, maybe a night of right. drinking, and right. then you pay a price. With the donut, my 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 party was 10 minutes ago. Now I'm in full head-in-the-toilet mode. Right. And, and Regretting my life. The cold feel of the porcelain against my cheek. <laughs> well, right. And nobody has ever had a couple of donuts and gotten laid either. Ever. I mean, it's, it just, yeah. that doesn't work. Every that donut way. you have lowers your chance. Right. And yet we <laughs> keep crawling back. <laughs> More on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've had a couple of texts today, because I mentioned a book earlier about um, Marxism, and um, we're going to do a long-form podcast about it next week. Several of us, Joe and I and Tim Sandiver and Craig Gottwald, all friends of the Armstrong and Getty Show, but the book is called Heaven on Earth is the name of the book. It's uh, basically the history of socialism. Super interesting and 
I look forward to doing the podcast and talking more about it. Indeed, yeah. We're is, who's in charge of it? Who are we trying to figure out how we can like get input from people as we record it? I says I'll ask. I'm just reading the book. Yeah. Okay. The most interesting thing I learned yesterday is that Karl Marx was an asshat. Oh yeah, just a bad person, useless human being. Engels seems like a decent guy. I obviously don't agree with him, but um, he he worked hard to support Marx because Marx never worked. A day in his life. <laughs> never right. earned any money. And he just hit up his friends and family for money. Yeah. And never did a lick of work. And the more money they'd give him, the more he would live beyond his means. And With, he had, at one point, two servants taking <sighs> care of his house and his household and thing as a guy with no job who was supposedly reading the great, writing the great workers' revolution book. Right. He had servants taking care of him and other people working to support him. Knocked up his maid that didn't support the kid. Which is such classic Marxism. Well, the idea that a guy who refuses to work and do anything for himself is the genius designing a system where we'd all work and share and everybody would behave the way they should, they should, and it would be a bastion, a utopian of fairness. I mean, the irony is just too much. Well, yeah, you almost can't wrap your head around it. Well, it's just so obvious, you know? <laughs> you just want a system where you get stuff. Well, yeah. Hmm. Unbelievable. Yet people keep falling for this stupidity. Uh, speaking of communists, Jack, interesting article here at uh, Quillette.com. The headline is how the Hong Kong protesters tactical brilliance backed Beijing into a corner. And they, there are a couple aspects to it. Um, and they, they give you a little of the history for it. But one of the reasons writes somebody or other, I like to give credit where it's due, uh, Nick Tabor. One of the things Nick Tabor writes is one of the reasons for the effectiveness of the protest movement is the decision to remain leaderless. They mentioned in a widely read op-ed article, uh, this uh, one think tank guy suggested the resistant movements need strong and charismatic leaders to succeed. Civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, you got Nelson Mandela, you got Gandhi. Um, Gandhi! And other examples that the movement needs those strong leaders. Got a lot of attention, I guess, in think tanky circles. But uh, that's he, certainly been the case with it. Well, all those examples you just the, the the leader seems to historically looking back on it was really really integral to the whole movement right, winning. Right now, the uh, I'll, I'll skip to the punchline real quick. It could be in the modern day, it's just different enough that that you have to take a different approach. But uh, if he goes on to write or can take a different approach, well, yeah. But the outcome of Hong Kong's 2014 pro-democracy movement suggests that the current protests would not nearly be as robust or effective if it did have such leaders. Joshua Wong, the strong and charismatic leader of the Umbrella Movement in 2014, was jailed in 2017 for unlawful assembly. With such strong leaders present, the authorities can arrest them, fatally weakening a movement. Given the deterioration of the rule of law in Hong Kong, the authorities could conceivably jail all of the movement's linchpins with considerable ease. But with a leaderless movement, the authorities have no such power. So far, the Hong Kong police force has arrested hundreds of protesters, while the movement has not lost any momentum because of the contribution of no single individual is vital. That's really interesting. And even if you don't jail the leader you try to discredit them as the, our own fbi tried to do with martin luther king that's sure. why they were spying on him they wanted to discredit him you can't discredit all of them at the same time the way you could if they had one leader right and right. in china they'd make it up anyway yeah but so how are they doing it 
Where a strong leader would make strategic decisions, the protesters are using a Reddit-like forum called LIHKG, where ideas can be upvoted, allowing the best ones to rise to the top. Hong Kong's largest citywide strikes in, strike in decades, city's only general strike in 50 years, originated from a post on this forum. Translated from Cantonese, the post read, Skip work, you may lose your job, but if you don't skip your work, you'll lose Hong Kong in your home. Freedom is not free. I beg you, let's recover Hong Kong. So, And everybody like liked it. So the movement there briefly to take over the airport wasn't one Che Guevara or somebody coming up with the idea. It was like a crowdsourced Precisely. vote. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, without you know going too far into depth, but... As things got a little ugly at the airport, for instance, they got on this uh, this uh, website or forum or whatever you want to call it and say, hey, guys, we're kind of looking bad. Now, we really need to keep the high road, so ixnay on any violence. And everybody got on there and said, yeah, you know what? Y- y'all are right. Everybody kind of clicked it around and said, yeah, we got to go back to just pure uh, passive resistance and the rest of it. Okay, let's go. That's fascinating. And that's what they did. So it's part of the all of us are smarter than one of us thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they mentioned that, you know, the, the violent outbreaks are not good. And not having strong leadership can be temporarily a, a problem. Um, although, again, you know, when you're doing, it's a delicate dance when you're baiting a brutal dictatorship. Um, you know, ask the Syrians who are marching peacefully through the streets. And Assad said, well, how about I just slaughter all of you? How about I just kill so many people you can't continue? How about if I take years and years and barrel bombs and gas attacks and bombing hospitals until y'all break? Because you don't know if they're going to go with that. But so, you know, with with a great awareness of how the world is watching the the Hong Kongers, are are pushing and then pulling back in in really a brilliant way, and China would have to arrest literally a million people to kneecap the movement. It's wild to watch it unfold. I don't want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final thoughts from Armstrong again. All songs should end with that. I wait for the yacht. And every time it happens, we I laugh. Do. It's fantastic. I love it. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. There he is, Marshall Phillips. Marshall, what's your final thought? Well, I got a date night dinner tomorrow, and I have decided definitely I'll be taking the apple pie, the ice cream, the wine, and the handful of scratchers. Now, that is the big fun. Roll. Mance. Uh, producer Positive Sean, your final thought? Yeah, kind of a, a dull weekend at the Cinemaplex. Ready or not, coming out. Angel has fallen, ready or not. I'm not going to be checking any of these out. If you're looking for something to watch, season two of Mindhunter on Netflix uh, dropped. Now, this is a show documenting how the FBI created their serial killer profiling mechanisms. Very interesting show. It's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I really recommend it. Hmm, sounds interesting. Hey, there he is in the control room. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, today Jack Armstrong ate donuts and made himself sick. You know what you can't do, Jack, if you eat donuts? Date models. Jack used to date models, everyone. Oh, God. What the hell is that? That was cited by several (laughs) listeners as the most unintentionally hilarious moment they've ever heard. (laughs) There he is, Jack. uh, Final thought. That was funny.
Uh, my final thought. I can't get over how amazing it is that Karl Marx never worked a day in his life and had maids huh. as the great leader of the workers' revolution. Unreal. How fantastic is that? You know, my final thought is um, I'm a bit of a loner, and so I kind of keep to myself, but I had uh, an Uber driver yesterday, and I talked to him. We turned out to be brothers from another mother. We grew up in the same place, a hell of a long way from where we are, um, and uh, similar place, similar experiences. He's a musician. We talked about music and guitars and the rest of it. My resolution is to talk more to more people and try to get to know more people, wow. which will last until the first person who just really oogs me out. And then that'll be over. I want to meet less people. I never want to meet another new person. I'd like to subtract some that I have met. Can I do that? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to Armstrong and Getty Radio. I'm sorry, armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of clicks there. You can email us. Something happens over the weekend. We ought to be talking about it. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you on Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty.